Uh, hallelujah. Why don't we, um, let's, just, let's just stand on our feet. Let's lift up our hands. Let's invite the Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Because, you know, we can have church, we can do church, but until we are church, and it's about God. It's a, I don't want to miss this opportunity tonight for us to encounter with God. Let's just lift up our hands. Holy Ghost, we invite you. Holy Ghost, come and fill this place. Holy Ghost, we are hungry for you. We desire you. Holy Ghost, our hearts are open to receive of you today. Holy Ghost, come and invade our lives. Come and, come and touch us in you. Come and touch us afresh today. Let us not leave unchanged today. Holy Ghost, come and impart on us. Come and speak to us afresh. God, I pray that your word would go forth as a fire tonight. In the name of Jesus. And the people of God said, Amen. Amen. All right. I've got a... I've got a word for you tonight. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I think I'm preaching to myself tonight too. And, uh, and it's, staring, it's staring inside of me. And, and, and I, I, it's, it's like a burden. It's like a, a blanket that I'm wearing. 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 And uh, it's like clothes that I put on. And, and I just feel God speaking to me afresh. And, he, and He's saying, I, I want my people back. I want my people back. I want all of their hearts. I want all of their desire. I want my people back. I want, it's like there's a fresh call, a fresh call to surrender, a fresh call for intimacy, a fresh call for followers of the living God, a fresh call to lay down all that we have and follow Him wholeheartedly, without reserve, without limit, without limitation, without uh, uh, expectation, without obligation being placed upon Him. It's like a, just a, a fresh hunger inside of me to pursue the things of God, to give of myself entirely to following Him. And it's, it's just something that's been stirring in me. So, so I'm, I'm bringing this message to you tonight, but I feel like it's a message to me. I'm speaking to myself tonight. But there's a fresh call, a fresh heart of God to surrender. A fresh heart of God to, to lay down all that we have, to give of all of our heart, all of our desire, everything that we have within us to pursuing Him, to becoming followers of Him. It's a letting go of ourselves. No longer being captured by the things of the world, but being so caught up in the things of God that the, as we were singing before, that the things of the world go strangely dim and the light of His glory and grace. It's not that the things aren't good. It's just that God is just so much better. So the title of my message tonight is Entirely His. There's a, a verse I've been reading in 1 Timothy 4, and, and, and Paul's talking to Timothy, and, and he says, Give yourself entirely. And it's been wrapping around me uh, for months. For months it's been bouncing around inside of me. So I think, I think I've got an opportunity to get it out tonight. So, uh, <laughs> and so let's, let's define what we're talking about. Um, a heart. What's a heart mean? And uh, a heart's obviously this thing inside of you, but it, it actually means so much more in the Bible. It, it talks about your desires and your affections. But actually, when we talk about giving God our heart, giving our heart completely, what it's talking about is you. It's talking about this is the completeness of you. My heart is me. It's representative of me to give of my heart, to surrender. Surrender is, is kind of a nasty word, really, isn't it? Let's be honest. Surrender. It's like you're thinking World War whatever, two, and you're surrendering. You've, you've lost. 
But actually, surrender is to yield. So yield is, a, is an act of choice. It's to yield something to the possession or power of another. And in fact, to submit to a superior power. So putting that together, we recognize and completely abandon ourselves to the ultimate authority, power, and love that is Jesus Christ. That's what we're talking about tonight. God wants his people back. I'll say it again. Recognize and completely abandon myself, yourself, to the ultimate authority, power, and love that is Jesus Christ. So why does God want us back? Why does God want us? I mean, we are handsome people. Let's be honest. But why does God, why does God want us? We are created for intimacy. God has created us for relationship. And we belong to him. And, and, and the Bible uses imagery of, of a husband and a wife joining together. And, and what sort of relationship would a husband and wife have if, if we got married and we said, I am completely yours Sunday morning, a little bit of Wednesday, and, and, and Thursday night? It's just, that's, it's just not going to work. Husband and wife, we are completely each other's all the time. God wants intimacy with us. He wants relationship with us all the time because he has created us to have relationship with him all the time. Why does God want us back? Because then we will be a people marked by the hand of God. See, at the moment, God stirs us up to draw us near. God stirs us up to like a refining fire that the, the slag inside of us comes to the top and can be scooped off. He, he, he's like stirring us up. Come on, come on, get moving. But if we are people completely abandoned to him, completely without measure then God's free to put his hand upon us completely and without measure. And, and, and the Bible talks about light and salt. So when we have the hand of God on us completely and without measure, we become the flavor of God out in our world. And that is what God's interested in. Carriers of his kingdom out in this world. Salt out, influencing in the marketplace. We've got the hand of God touched upon us so completely His that He's free to move so completely in our lives that it becomes less or so much less about us and so much more about Him and His hand upon us. That's what God's interested in. He wants His people back. But, you know, I'm talking about surrender. I'm talking about yield. And, and they're not very nice words. I mentioned before, they're a little bit painful. Why should I? There's, this, you know, there's a cost to pay. There's a price to pay. Why should I? What, what's the motivation? Why, why would I do this? I mean, why would I do this? These are questions that you know, I ask myself. Why, what, what's, what's God in this? Why, why do I? And, uh, and I've got a few ideas. And, and the point, point one is why there's an eternal perspective here. There's more to life than what I see. Now, Pastor Mike's often... Uh, he talked about the perspective of eternity and he's, he said, look, if you, just, if you stand here and imagine there's this line going for a mile and, and you take two steps, that's your life and, and the rest of that line, that's eternity. So there's more, more to life than what we see. See, what, what we have now is just a qualification. It's like a, the, just the first part of our journey. Then we, The Bible says that we rule for ages to come. Like ages as in a very long time, but ages as in an age and then an age and then an age and then an age. 
this life is so short that we get so captured up in the things of this life. We forget uh, to, to think in the perspective of eternity of what God's calling us to, that there's so much more than what we can see now. We live life with an eternal perspective. What is, what is my motivation? What drives me? Why, why should I? The, the bigness of God's love to me. The bigness, the, the bigness, the vastness of his love to me that, that while I was still a sinner, he sent his son, he sent his best to pay the price for me. He, see, he, gave, he, he gives his best. He is a good God. He is a loving God. He is a kind God. He is a gracious God. He abounds in loving kindness and tender mercies. He is a good God. He loves us. His, his goodness abounds. His goodness abounds. It's freely for all. Freely for all. His vast goodness. His wonderful goodness. You know, his plan, point three, his plan is the best plan for my life. You know, we all have a plan for our life, but I'm becoming convinced that my plan isn't as good as God's plan. God's plan is the best plan. He has plans for me that he knew of even before I was born. That's his plans for me. His plans are exceedingly abundantly above and beyond anything that I can ask for or think. Exceedingly abundantly above and beyond anything that I can ask for or think. That's God's plans for me. That's his plans for my... His plan is so much better than my plan. His, his way is so much better than my way. See, we have an invitation tonight. We have an invitation for the King of Kings. We have an invitation. You see, the price has been paid. It's, it's free. It's that the price has been paid. There's a, the debt has been cleared. All I have to do is receive of it. There's an invitation now to partake and something. There's an invitation that the King of Kings can come and enter into my heart. The King of Kings can come and dwell within me. The King of Kings can come and invade my space. The internal creator of heaven and earth can come and live within me. That is the invitation. The, 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 the Bible says that the Spirit of the Lord is about um, love, about joy, about peace, about long-suffering, about kindness, about faithfulness, about gentleness. This is the kingdom that's going to invade me. The kingdom of God is about righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. That's the invitation to me. The invitation to me is the promises of God, head not the tail, to, the, to protection, His favor, His hand upon us. That is the promises of God to me today. There's an invitation, a, a, an invitation to like what we cannot believe. And then it's ours for the taking today. And, and God's saying, I want my people back. I want my people. I want all of their hearts. I want all of their desire. I want all of their affection. I want my people back. There's an invitation to us today that requires the highest response. It requires the highest response. The biggest invitation, the best invitation, requires the highest order of response. You see, I, I look at my life and I, I consider myself blessed. I am blessed. I have a fantastic life. I've got great kids. We've got a great house got a great salary, a great career. I've been fortunate enough to, to win awards in my career. You know, we, we don't really want for anything. You know, there, there, there's, there's things, there's pleasures and, and, and things that we can fill our life with. And I was in Harvey Norman just the other day, and I, I just love going into Harvey Norman. There's just so much stuff in there, so much shiny stuff I just love to have. And, and I, which one would I pick? Well, I'll have all of them. Which you know, I just I just go through and I daydream. There's just so much stuff, but we, we can fill our lives with these things. And and what I've become uh, aware of, particularly recently, 
is these things just don't satisfy. They just, they just don't last. It doesn't bring a, a lasting fulfillment, a lasting desire. I just need more of that stuff. If, if what, I'm, what fills my tank is uh, the accolades of people, like Pastor Sergeant gives me a, a wonderful word, if that's what fills my tank, if, if that's what I desire, then I just need more of it, and I just need more of it and more of it. If, if Harvey Norman is what fills my tank and what they have there, the, the plasma TVs, and then I'll need the surround system, and, and then I'll need um, a computer to go with it, and then I need a couch, and probably another one for the games room. You know, if, that what's, if that's what fills my tank, then I'll need more of it. But these things, they just don't last. They don't bring a lasting satisfaction, a lasting pleasure. Our spirit grows dull. Our desire fades and our desire dies. You see, the, the cost of following is high, but the cost of not following is even higher. You know, there's, um, there's a, a phrase in, in management and people management, and, uh, and it's called discretionary effort. And uh, when, when you're employing a team, you, um, with the right sort of structures and salary and, and whatnot, you, you can get 80% effort from your team. And then if you're willing to go above their expectations, if you're willing to maybe provide some bonuses, if you've got a great culture, you can get up to about 90% effort. But that last 10% effort, you just can't, you can't beat it out of them. You can't put them in a headlock and you just can't get that out of your staff. That's the discretionary 10%. It, it's, it's their choice to give you that 10%. You only get that 10% when they buy into what you're doing, when they buy into where you're going, when they buy into to the purpose of, of what it is that they're employed for. They, 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 they buy into this thing. And, and it's like that with us and God, that we have a, this discretionary 10% that we hold on to. So I'm not, I'm not saying that we're a group of... Um, half-hearted Christians here tonight. I'm not saying that we're, you know, flip-floppers, hot and cold. I'm saying that actually that there's, there's that 10% of our heart that God so desperately desires. There's that 10% of our heart, that discretionary effort that is solely ours to give. It is that 10%. God wants his people back. He wants our hearts fully surrounded. He doesn't want anything else in the way. He wants his people back. And it's that discretionary 10% that I'm talking about, that bit that you know that bit, that 10%, that, that last little bit of, of giving it all. That, that's, what I'm, that's what I'm talking about tonight. God wants all our heart. So, so what, what, is these, what are these issues of our heart? What are we, what are we surrendering? What are, what, what are these, these 10%? And um, done it, if, whenever I think of these things, they all start with P. Just, just all of them, I get a whole list of P. And, and I know one particular word in there starts with P, and we're not, we won't go there. I know Pastor Lynn talked about it this morning. But uh, they all start with P. <laughs> so, so I want to talk about um, just three, three groups of things. And, and they all start with P. I love alliteration. Alliteration is when it starts with the same letter. And I've got P going off. And uh, you wouldn't have thought you'd hear that in church, would you? So, <laughs> so I want to talk about um, promotion. Um, position and placement. Point one, promotion, position, uh, placement. And so we're talking about the self-will, that self-reliance, that self-sufficiency, that self-governing. And uh, there's a, a story in the Bible uh, from, uh, it's about Jacob, it's in Genesis 32. And, and, and I, had a, I had a dream and I woke up from this dream at four in the morning and it was just so vivid and I was captured into 
into the situation. I woke up, and, and I can still just remember it. It's like dark, and I could see the shadowy figure, and I'd been wrestling. And it's the story of Jacob, and he was wrestling. He was wrestling overnight. And, and, and so I just went and looked up, the, looked it up what it all meant. And, uh, and Jacob was preparing to fight his brother, and he didn't know if it was going to be war or peace. And, uh, but in that particular situation, God wanted his heart. God wanted all of Jacob's heart. So now Jacob is a man blessed by God. Jacob prayed to God. Jacob was, was known as a man of God. But you see, when Jacob had finished uh, his praying, he took up his own strategies again. He took up his own strength again. He took up his own plans, his own um, strength. It's just all about him. And uh, see, God wants our heart. And he's prepared to wrestle our heart for it. And uh, see, so God sent a man to wrestle Jacob. It wasn't Jacob wrestled a man. He wasn't like preparing for war and thought, hey, you know what, I'm going to do an all-nighter here and we're going to have a real, we're going to go for it. No, God sent a man to wrestle Jacob because God wanted all of Jacob's heart. See, God wants all of our hearts tonight. And he's willing to, he's willing to, to wrestle you for it. He wants to conquer your heart. He wants to conquer you, your desire to, 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 to go at yourself, our own self-sufficiency, our self-promotion, uh, the, 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 the things that we hold in our hand because we're too fearful to let go and we're too, too afraid. And, and Jacob that night, he got conquered by God. You see, he wrestled and he, he held on, he didn't quit. But then in a moment of time, in a supernatural touch, Jacob's hip socket shriveled and then he couldn't wrestle anymore and he was defeated. And in a a moment of time, we can have an encounter with God where suddenly our own strength becomes as nothing. And we look to God and we say, God, I need you. And Jacob cried out to God, God, I need you. I need your blessing. I need your blessing on my life. And the blessing of God upon Jacob when he was conquered was a change in name. He went from Jacob the heel grabber. Jacob, I rely on my own strength. Jacob, it's my self-sufficiency and my self-wisdom. He went from Jacob to Israel. And Israel, when you, when you word it as the Hebrews word, it means God rules. God rules. God rules over me. God rules over my situation, my circumstances. I make room for God to move in my life. It's not like I become uh, flip-floppity and, and disengaged. I, 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 do, I play my part, but God rules. God is the king in here. So we, the, the challenge to me, the challenge to us, is letting go of that self, letting go of that self-strength, letting go being conquered by God, making room for God to move within me. The, um, so that's promotion, placement, position. Striving in our own strength, the letting go of self. The, um, the, the second area I want to talk about is, is, is possessions and pleasure. And uh, there, there's a story, a rich young ruler comes to Jesus and he says, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What must I do to have eternal life? And you see, he's a, he's a rich young ruler. So he's rich. He's successful in life. He's young, so he's got time on his side. He, he's a, a ruler, so he's in a place of position and authority. He called Jesus good, so he's, he's honoring and submissive. So this guy's got a lot going for him. He might look a little bit like us tonight. And, and he comes to Jesus, what must I do? Jesus, uh, he, he quoted him the uh, five commandments out of the second tablet of the Ten Commandments. And they're all about heart things and how that affects other people. 
And the rich young ruler, he said, I've done all these from when I was a little boy. And you know, he was right and he was wrong. He was right that he had done them with the outward appearance of action, but he was wrong and that it hadn't been from his heart. It hadn't been in his entirety, in his completeness. And, and, and having been pressed, this is what Jesus said to him. It's found in the Bible. It's found in Mark 10, 21. Then Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, one thing you lack, go your way, sell all you have. Sell all you have. Give of yourself entirely. Abandon yourself completely to me without hold, without measure, without limitation. Take up your cross. Deny of yourself. Come follow me. Become a follower of me. So Jesus touched at the root of this young man's issue. See, his, his heart was captured with something other than God. His heart was captured by the, the treasures, the allures of life instead of being completely captured with God. Now, God's not telling us all to go out and sell everything that we have. But, but he's saying, I want your heart. I want your heart. I want all of your heart. And you know, when we have something that's elevated above God in our desire and our affection, it, it robs us, it limits us, it shuts us down. And this man went away. And he went away sad because he couldn't pay that price. Tonight, there's an opportunity for you to follow Jesus with all of our heart, to lay down all that we have, to become a complete follower of Jesus. The, um, the last year I'll just touch on briefly is, is priority. Elijah was talking to the Israelites. The Israelites were in a, a drought because of their disobedience. And the, the, uh, the Elijah spoke to this nation and he said, how long will you falter? How long will you flip-flop? How long will you love me but love something else? What, what's the priority in our lives? How long will you falter? God's not interested in divided loyalties. He's not interested in just the 90%. He wants the 100%. How that might outwork is in our passion and our time. What captures, what do we place priority on? There might be a personal area or issue that God's talking to you about. That's the, the 10% that you just don't want to let go. The 10%. I'm happy with the 90%. I look pretty cool with the 90%. But actually, no. no. God wants the 100%. God wants his people back. He loves his people so much. He gave all that he had for his people, that his people would be marked by him, that God would be free to move through us and, and into the community. It would be salt, influence in the community. He's looking for a people 100% for him, 100% for him. So how, how do I do this? How do I action it? So just, I'll just be brief because it's something, this is something that we, we capture. It's not really something that we, we can teach on. But we need a shift in our thinking. Point number one, shift in our thinking. So Romans 12, 2, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds. We need a shift in our thinking to be renewed in our mind, that we see things as God sees them. We see eternity in his perspective. We capture his great, great love for us. We realize that his plan is the biggest and the best, not so much maybe what we might strategize. The plans, the difficulties, the speed bumps that we come up in life are actually great opportunities for God to move through us. 
We, um, we can action it, action the shift by treasuring God, by having a desire for God, a shift in our values. The Bible says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So if we treasure the things of God, if our desire is for the things of God, then that's where our heart will naturally draw near to. Our heart will naturally go to. The Bible talks about some parables in Matthew, and it talks about a, a, a field, and there's a treasure buried in the field, and such is the value of that treasure that the person who found it, the merchant, was willing to sell all he had to get that field. Are we willing to sell all we have for the dreams, the purposes of God for us tonight? Are we willing to give 100%? Are we willing to give of ourselves entirely? Will God have his people back tonight? Point three is a surrender. Romans 12.1 says, I beseech ye, I beseech ye, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, you present yourself. Your body is a living sacrifice, acceptable to God. There's a surrendering when we present ourselves a vessel of righteousness. It's a yielding, a yielding of who we are. It's an entwining as we surrender of ourselves, as we, as we pray in the morning, as we say, God, I give you of my mind, I give you of my imagination today. Maybe you've got a weakness in your imagination. God, I take that weakness now before you. I give of this weakness into your hands. God, I give of my tongue. Maybe you've got a, uh, maybe some of the words that come out are negative. Father, I give of my tongue to you today that the words I speak are life. They are truth and they are life. That they go forth powerfully and mightily in the marketplace today. Maybe it's your ears, that you're filling your ears with things. And you say, God, today I give of my ears, I present my ears to you today that I'd hear your voice. I would hear your voice in these situations. I'd hear the Holy Ghost leading me. Give it, maybe it's your heart. Maybe it's areas of desire as you walk around and there's desires that come upon you. And you say, God, today I give you of my heart, my desire. I give you of my heart and my desire that I would long for you and I would love you. I would follow you. We present ourselves vessels of righteousness. We have a choice. We have a choice in this. Point four, we have a choice. It's ours to make today. Moses said, I call heaven and earth as witnesses against you today that I've set before you life and death. Now that's pretty extreme, isn't it? But that's the contrast between the things of God and, 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 and plan B. Life and death. It's like the things of God are life and in comparison to this life, there is only death. I set before you today a choice. We have a choice in this. Choose life that you may live. That there's a choice that we have today. So if I just have the band up now, and the keyboarders particularly, God wants his people back. God desires us so much. He desires an intimate relationship with us. He wants our hearts. He wants us surrendered. He wants followers of him. He wants people marked by the hand of God that when we go out from here, we are so, so completely different as though we are salt. A small amount of salt influences a vast dish. Light permeates the darkness. That is God's desire, His heart for us today. There's things, that 10% of our heart, there's the, the self. The self, will we let go of self? Will we be conquered by God? What, what do I hold higher than God? Are there possessions or pleasures that I hold higher than God that stops me giving that 10%? Will I make it a priority for the kingdom or will I have divided loyalties? Will I bounce? Will I flip-flop? Will I hold on to this but actually I quite like that? 
I say on Sunday night, Lord, I love you. I give of my heart. I serve you completely. And Monday morning, that's just words echoing. Will will my life be marked by God? I feel that weight. I feel that call upon me. Thank you, Jesus. We have actions. We have decisions that we can make. Will we shift in our thinking? We do that by wrapping his word around us. By taking his word, wrapping his word around our heart. Will I shift my values and my desire? We do that by declaring his word around us that I will be a follower of you. I give of myself entirely today to serve you. I am a servant of the living God. I am a follower of Jesus Christ today. I give of myself. I give of my life completely and without abandonment to you. Will we surrender? Will we entwine? Will we present ourselves anew today as a vessel of living sacrifice? Will we choose today to follow him, to be followers of the living God today, to give up that 10%? Will we choose? Will we choose? Will we choose? So church, tonight there's not many of us here. And I I just feel, I feel this word bubbling away in my heart. And I feel it's for us. I feel it's a season, it's a time now that we would give of ourselves entirely to him. That we would yield of of ourselves completely. So I'm just going to, as the band breaks into a song in a minute, I'm going to invite you all to come and fill this altar to come and stand here before your God it's not about a responding to man it's not about responding to me it's about responding to God that God today I choose to give of myself in you maybe it's that you are hungry for a touch of God because I've been talking about the love of God the plan of God the intimacy of God and you don't know that tonight is your opportunity reach out hunger God touch me today transform me today transforming in you. Maybe as I've been talking, the Holy Ghost has dropped in you an area, 10% that you're holding higher than God. An area that, that, that God's been speaking to you about letting go. Maybe it's an area to do with yourself. Maybe it's, it's, a, it, it's an area of striving in your own strength and your own uh, um, strategies. Maybe maybe it's a possession or something else that has enamored you. Or maybe tonight you just simply want to stand there and, Lord, I present myself anew to you today. Lord, I present myself a vessel of righteousness, a living sacrifice of praise. Lord, I lay myself on the altar again tonight anew for you. I give of myself 100% today, Lord, not 90%. I give you that 10% that I've been holding on because I've been fearful of what others might think. I've been fearful of what others might say. I've loved myself too much. Tonight, Lord, I give of myself 100% for you. So church, as the band strikes up, as we sing a song, come and fill this altar. Respond to God tonight.